we made a decision early on to throw out that perfect Instagram aesthetic and really tie to our brand, which is about being real. And we started to just create content that played back things people were already saying about the brand. So tapping into insights of social conversation and helping give those a platform. And, you know, we've definitely have a lot of the meme culture living within our page, but I loved watching that engagement go through the roof. What a fantastic episode this is, Adam Brown. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Social Pros. You're going to love this one with Tressie Lieberman, one of the smartest, most creative people in all of social media. She and her team are doing extraordinary things at Chipotle, including accumulating 1 million views on a post in just 24 hours. That happened like last week. They are absolutely crushing it. But Adam, one of the things that Tressie emphasizes in several points of this conversation is how important it is to have an incredible social media team. Yes. And and I think her definition of team and how she articulates it is different than maybe the one or two or three people that, that you work with to create content and engage. When she talks about a team, she talks about everything from the team that's developing the Chipotle app. She's talking about the, uh, the folks obviously in customer service, which goes without saying you have to link to. But one of the groups that she, uh, she speaks uh, highly of and specifically about is the legal team. And I think a lot of that has to do with some of the innovation things that the brand has done over the years and recognizing you've got to have a great relationship with those legal folks before, during, and after each of those events. Yeah, every one of these celebrity collaborations that Tressie and her organization get involved in, whether it's on TikTok or Instagram or beyond, and they're doing a lot of that kind of thing, every one of those has a contract, right? And that yeah. contract's got to be written and negotiated and polished and signed. Uh, so it, it's a really fascinating episode. If you're on the B2C side, I know many of you are, this is a, a barn burner uh, this week with Tressie. Lieberman. Speaking of barn burners, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. As more and more of us in social are using artificial intelligence, machine learning, big data to improve the efficacy and effectiveness of our social media, we also need to understand what all the different use cases are. Like you can't just, you know, go to Walmart and buy yourself some AI. It doesn't work like that. You got to have a reason to use AI. And the good folks at Salesforce, sponsor of the podcast, have put together a downloadable book I'd like you to get. It's called Einstein's Guide to AI Use cases is really nifty. It's a three-question quiz that you take, just three questions that help you, yes, you, my friends, figure out the best AI use case for you and your organization. You can do that right now. Go to bit.ly slash Salesforce AI. I'll say that slower for you, B-I-T dot L-Y slash Salesforce AI, and that is all lowercase, my friends. Also, if you are trying to make some changes to your social media strategy in this next normal period that we find ourselves in, you need to change your content, you need to change your channels, you need to change your cadence, you need to spin up an influencer program and beyond. Maybe my team and I can help you at Convince and Convert. We do those kind of things for many of the world's most iconic brands. Go to convinceandconvert.com for more information. Let's hear it from Tressie Lieberman from Chipotle here on Social Pros. Somebody I've wanted to have on the show forever. It is Tressie Lieberman, who is the VP Digital Marketing and Off-Premise at Chipotle. Tressie, thank you so much for being on Social Pros. Thank you for having me. It's nice to talk again. 
I suspect because of how much Chipotle is emphasizing uh, mobile ordering and the app, things like that, that it is easier for you to tie social digital back to revenue than it might have been in the past. How do you feel about that statement? I think that's accurate. Um, you know, not always an exact tie, but we definitely can see the impact that we have on a daily basis when we are activating through social and our overall integrated campaigns. You have how many locations now? Over 2,600. Wow, oh. mackerel. 2,600. Yeah. Uh, but we also have delivery. So I feel like, you know, we have this. Everybody's a location. Yeah, exactly. I had Chipotle for lunch today, not just because you're going to be on the show, but as a matter of course, we, we have Chipotle a lot here in the Bear household. So as an homage to you, a little barbacoa burrito uh, earlier today before the show was recorded. How is it right now? As we record this, uh, friends, it's uh, we're in May, uh, depending on when you listen to this, but it's May when we record it. It has to be a little bit challenging operationally for you, given that so many of your locations are in a myriad of different circumstances in terms of being open or or contactless carryout or delivery or, you know, you can show up but only one person every four hours or you have to be left handed or there's like a lot of weird rules and it's very different based on location. How are you guys sorting that out? Like you said, it does vary based off location. I think key right now is communication, both internally and with our customers and our employees. So we're constantly connecting and seeing how things change and being really clear and direct on what we're doing. I mean, I think fortunately for us, we have delivery. We have a mobile app where you can get pickup. We have takeout. You know, We go through the line and, and grab your food. So early on, we pivoted to really building mass awareness around those channels. And we're really fortunate that we had you know, a great infrastructure in place to support that shift when it happened. Trustee, it's great to have you on the show. And I kind of want to double click on one of the things that Jay asked you about, which is that kind of correlation in measuring kind of the online and the, and the social uh, efforts that, that Chipotle is doing on uh, as part of your teamwork and uh, and revenue. I know one of the interesting things for me is uh, the Chipotle rewards, which is also kind of in your purview and social. And I was curious how you began to kind of, what was the planning behind bringing those things together, how they came together and how you're kind of using social as, as an integral part of kind of getting to know your customer that may also be a Chipotle rewards member. Yeah, I mean, first off, I'm obsessed with social media, not just, you know, from a way to activate as a marketer, but a way to understand your customers. So we spent a lot of time listening, uh, looking for trends, thinking about how we can drive conversation. And when we were looking to launch the rewards program, one of the things that we noticed was people constantly saying how much they love free Chipotle. I think there is no surprise there, but the passion was very deep. And one of the places that we found conversation happening around Chipotle was Venmo. And we thought, you know what? Venmo is a social platform. People don't think about it as a social platform necessarily, but there's so much conversation going on around the brand there. And we talked to the Venmo team and realized we were one of the most mentioned brands and discussed brands on that platform. So we thought, you know, why don't we bring together the love of Chipotle, people talking about free Chipotle for the launch of that program. And uh, we were able to create this microsite, ChipotleRewardMe.com. People would go to the site and enter in their Venmo phone number, and we would do surprise payouts, whether it was enough money to get free guac or a free burrito or get free Chipotle for a year. 
But all of a sudden, the Venmo feed was taken over by people talking about Chipotle reward me and a link to enroll in the program. And we were able to measure kind of from the pre-launch period where we had tested the program to the actual launch results, what that particular activation drove in terms of increased enrollments. And I, th- I think that's one example of how we brought together, you know, social as well as rewards. And we can measure it because we had a really strong control period from our test. I find it fascinating, Tressie, because Venmo skews younger. You're very active on TikTok. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that more in depth here in a moment. Chipotle is active in some form or fashion, I, I think, in, in all the social networks at some level. How are you segmenting your target audiences by channel? Are, are you thinking, okay, this type of Chipotle customer is on Facebook, this type of Chipotle customer is on Snap, and, and, and really trying to reach a, a distinct audience in each place? Yeah, I think we're fortunate that we over-index on both Gen Z and Millennials. And so we want to be in the places where those customers are, which of course there's overlap on the channels, but we have seen, you know, a higher um, Gen Z group, you know, leaning into TikTok versus maybe some of our other channels like uh, Facebook or Twitter, Instagram. And we try to do it in both places, but we create content that's right for each of those channels. I think that's really important. And then we want the brand to feel connected, you know, no matter where people are, but we definitely you know, push it a little bit more probably in some channels than others, just based off the audience. Trusty, I know one of the things you told us before we started recording was kind of how your, your team was was broken down at the, and you had uh, social folks that were focused on own content and some on influencer engagement. So I'm curious kind of if you could take that one step further and talk a little bit about what those roles do, kind of what your content folks do, in uh, working with with agencies and also the influencer engagement folks and maybe what they do with customer service or if or maybe they are customer service. Yeah, definitely. I mean, social is all about the team, I would say. And I feel really fortunate to work with the most talented people in the business, uh, whether it's you know people waking up and thinking about how to drive culture for influencers or with content. I mean, I think overall, we're all very united around um, connecting customers with Chipotle. And it usually starts with an idea first versus saying, okay, we need to tap into an influencer or we need to go do something with content. We're very much driven by the idea. And then pending what the idea is, we will assign it to the person who can really be a deep expertise in that area. So we do have someone who is you know, fully on top of influencer engagement and really listening to see who's talking about the brand building relationships with them and their managers. Uh, but, you know, waking up every day and thinking about that. We have other people who are just really digging in to see what's happening within content. What are the trends? What are uh, people doing? I think we look less at brands and really look to see what people are doing because they're, you know, highly creative and uh, they don't have any constraints. So, you know, just really tapping into understand what the the ways that we can lead are. And then we work together to pull it off. It's rarely working in a silo, right? It's a highly collaborative uh, structure between our agencies from uh, day one, D1A, who are day one agency, they're our social partner. And then we also um, work with VCW on PR. And we have an amazing PR team who's leading that effort. We work with an influencer agency called RQ um, and many others, right? And so it's just a constant 
back and forth on Teams, which is what we use instead of Slack. Uh, we use WebEx Teams. And um, we're just always in, in conversation. It never stops, really. Can you hear my son yelling in the background? Yeah, Tracy's yeah, yeah. son. A Chipotle fan as well. A, a Chipotle, a three-year-old Chipotle fan joins us here on Social Pros. <laughs> Welcome, young master. We appreciate you having here, Padwin. Uh, Tracy, quick question. How many people are on the team? And, and sort of your core social team? Uh, yeah, my direct team, I have three amazing people. Um, but we do consider our agency partners a big part of the team. I really can't even tell the difference. And do you have those individuals uh, segmented by channel? So do you have somebody on your squad who is um, sort of TikTok, Venmo and whatever, and somebody else's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or is it more by, by role? So somebody's more analytics, somebody's more content, somebody's more something else. Yeah. So we have a head of social who's leading all of it. Candace Beck, she is a complete rock star. And uh, we have two people on her team, one who's focused on influencer engagement and the other who is focused on all of our own content. And then we're working together on all the bigger, you know, integrated campaigns as well. You know, sometimes we're leading it and it's the daily fabric of social conversation. Other times it is integrating into a larger effort from Chipotle. And uh, so it's, it's very fluid. A lot of times there's so much going on. We're just saying, okay, who, who's on point right now? And let's divide and conquer. I want to hand it back to Adam here for a second, but first I want to ask you, we've talked about influencers a couple of times. What, what, what do you think of as the best condition for an influencer for you? Is it, is it reach and authenticity and trust with Gen Z or millennials? Is it a proven ability to kind of move units? When, when you think about all the people who might be a Chipotle influencer, what are some of the, the filtering mechanisms that you use to say, yeah, we want to work with that person as opposed to somebody else? Yeah. First and foremost, it's finding the real fans of the brand. I mean, you can very much tell a difference when the content is coming from someone who's deeply passionate about what we do. Uh, I'll use David Dobrik as an example because we work with him a lot. You know, we're very fortunate. He has a massive following and people absolutely adore him. But he also happens to be the biggest Chipotle fan and eats at Chipotle almost every day. So there's a natural connection there. And, you know, obviously that's very exciting. Um it's not necessarily about the scale. We want to work with people who love the brand first. I think beyond that, you know, I get really excited when we're working with creators and people who are just really then good at creating content. And then you can trust them to tell the story they want to tell to the fans who are there to show up for the type of content they create. And we can be very hands off in that and just create that trust because we know they're going to do the right thing by their audience. I mean, I think the worst situation to be in is, you know, if you're seeing content that you clearly is just hashtag sponsored, hashtag ad, um, you know, most of the content coming from our super fans, they're saying, do I really have to put sponsored or ad? Like, you know, I just love Chipotle. And uh, that's, of course, we tell them, yes, they do have to put the hashtag on. But, um, you know, I think people wouldn't know either way, because they just know that these, these people love Chipotle. And that's really cool. 
That, that's such a great point. And I, I really want to make sure, Social Pros listeners, you hear what Tressie's saying here, that when they're going out to find influencers, it's not let's find somebody who's influential and encourage them or convince them or cajole them to to understand and appreciate Chipotle. They look for people who already are creating content about the brand and then say, well, geez, if you already love us, maybe we should actually codify this program together in some way. It is it is absolutely the best practice. Now, I understand if you're in B2B or maybe some other uh, type of brand, you may not have a tremendous number of people out there that you can find who are creating content already. But friends, let me tell you, you have all kinds of influencers right under your nose, your customers, your business partners, your employees. This idea that you got to go find um, our Kardashian or you can't do influencer marketing is not true. Adam? That is so true. And, uh, and our fans of the show will know that very rarely does a show go by where we don't utter the word authenticity. And I think, you know, Tressie, you, you articulate that perfectly. As it relates to influencers, I'm curious of, of one thing. Again, recognizing that we're in the middle of May, kind of been two months into uh, to the COVID crisis. Have you found it's easier or about the same or more difficult to work with influencers and to find content and messaging that's resonating uh, with your customers and, and public? You know, I think it really depends on the phase that we've been in through this experience um, early on, when we saw that you know everybody was sheltering in place, we thought, how are we going to stay connected to the community? And that's when we created this Chipotle Together series. And we quickly looked to say, okay, where, where are people shifting their time to? And it was Zoom. So we thought, hey, Zoom can be a social network too. Let's, let's pull it into the mix. And we started live streaming with Chipotle Superfans for these activations. So we started with uh, Colton Underwood, he used to be The Bachelor, um, and we had him do trivia. That was the very first kind of quick entry into it. And then we started expanding from there. We uh, did a, a live Zoom with Lauv and he sang a set. Then we started going to Instagram Live and Luke Bryan would talk about Chipotle and doing your part to stay at home and get delivery. And we gave him codes to give his community for free Chipotle. Um, we did a meditation with Melissa Urban from Whole30. We sell Whole30 bowls and, you know, just really thought about all the ways that we could bring joy to people because we believed that's what our community needed at the time. You know, fast forward to last week, we are doing something totally different. We saw that people were at home and wanted to kind of have a creative outlet. We saw the amazing content people were creating on TikTok. I thought this would be a great time to uh, really identify more super fans. So we worked with David Dobrik and we did a hashtag challenge around Chipotle sponsor me. And the idea was just show your very best video about why Chipotle should sponsor you, which was a trend that we had seen talked about in social previously. And we would have David pick the winner and we would give away five celeb cards, which is a big part of our influencer program. And we had not only amazing participation, we have 1.4 billion views on this, but we identified new influencers. I mean, there were people creating videos who had mass followings that we hadn't yet identified as Chipotle superfans. And now we're starting a relationship with them. So, you know, whether it was the ability to work with influencers early on and, um, you know, help give people a spotlight when their tours are being canceled or, you know, they're spending more time at home and, and had the free time or tapping into people being at home and identifying influencers. I think we've just 
tried to shift as the culture shifted. But, you know, I think it's, it hasn't been different. I think everybody's always been really collaborative and we're fortunate to just be surrounded by people who deeply love the brand. 1.4 billion views, ladies and gentlemen. I know it's crazy. That is wild. That is, that is significant. I think, Oh, sorry. Oh, oh, trust you. Go ahead, please. I was just going to say we had a a post yesterday on TikTok that had over a, a million views just organically. I mean, the growth there is crazy. It sounds for me from the outside that, that that you and Chipotle are doing what I think the other successful brands during this situation are doing, which is focusing much more on brand building and and, and brand rapport, less about the kind of the call to action. Uh, and I think I'm, I'm going to assume your your senior leadership understands, accepts, and embraces that. And I think you know it's oftentimes that that maybe some of our listeners have uh, leadership that isn't quite as understanding of the importance of brand building rather than the, the the CTA and promotions and sweepstakes. What would you tell them about how that 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 kind of idea and that ideal got established at Chipotle, and and how they should kind of you know move forward to uh, to take advantage of these situations without taking advantage of these situations? I mean, I think you have to have a bias for action. If you don't get out there and start trying new things, you're not going to learn. I think it can be very easy um, to get paralyzed by the fear. You know, how will people react to this? What will the sentiment be? It's scary in social media, right? Because there are a lot of trolls out there. Um, you know, even when you try to do something purpose-driven, and all brands are doing that and want to do the right thing. You can easily get critiqued for that because, oh, are you trying to just get your name out there? No, we really want to do the right thing. Um, so, you know, it can be scary, but I think you have to have a bias for action. You know, it certainly helps to work in an organization where a spirit of innovation is encouraged and expected. And I really appreciate that about Chipotle and our leadership team. Um, it's just built into the fabric of the organization and, it's built into how Chipotle started, right? Completely disrupted the entire restaurant industry. So we're keeping that spirit alive by tapping into modern channels and, um, you know, continuing to take risks all the time. Tracy, I know, as we talked earlier, you have a very, very successful mobile app and you're encouraging downloads and always doing interesting things in the app to incentivize usage and, and make it stickier. Simultaneously, your core customer base, Gen Z and millennials, are embracing Messenger and WhatsApp faster and faster and faster. How do you balance those two? How do you encourage them to use your app, but also be there for them in these other apps that you don't own or control? What's the strategy there going forward? So I can't speak for the product team um, who, you know, they're responsible for our app experience. But I mean, I think our general philosophy is we want to be wherever our customers are. You know, we're fortunate that we have a lot of demand for our app. That's where people are spending uh, their time. Uh, we've, we've definitely seen, you know, downloads go up and up as uh, we've especially been moving to heavily promoting delivery and pickup um, and just constantly thinking about new ways into the app. But, you know, we're always exploring to see how we can reach customers and um, expand and innovate. And, you know, I think we'll continuously see that from Chipotle. Um, yeah. Well, I got to tell you, Social Pros listeners, if you want to know just how far Chipotle has come as a brand and under Tressie's leadership, 
Go back to the Social Pros archives. Every episode of the show is available at socialpros.com or wherever you get your delicious audio programming. You can set your Wayback Machine uh, to episode 21 of this program. Episode 21. That predates uh, me. Featuring uh, Joe Stupp, who was at the time the social media manager for Chipotle. That episode debuted June of 2012. So if you want to hear what Chipotle was doing eight years ago versus today, you can dial that one up and i can tell you it is a lot different uh in in those days it's it's awesome to kind of have those bookends yeah yeah it's pretty great how long have you guys been on uh tiktok now tressie we officially launched on cinco de mayo last year so a year so a year and and when it started to pop and you think, all right, our audience is spending more and more share of time here we need to be part of the conversations there it's such an interesting platform because there's so many different ways to get involved in conversations. And I think you've tried pretty much all of them, your own programs, you know, jumping on other hashtags, et cetera. How did you go about the initial colonization plan? How did you think, all right, what's our first move onto this platform? You know, obviously TikTok emerged and all brands were watching it trying to figure out the right way to show up. And that was really important to us. I think early on it was about learning and thinking about how we could create content that would really feel right. And we're very particular about not copy pasting content from channel to channel. And we wanted to use the tools there in the right way. We had an Instagram post that completely blew up that was showing one of our amazing team members doing this lid flip trick. And we're like, Oh, that's so cool. It'd be amazing to use TikTok to get people up involved in that challenge and see if others could do this lid flip. And that's how we decided to get started. We created the, the lid flip challenge. We worked with a lot of different creators on the platform. We worked directly with TikTok to do takeover units and really make it a big deal. Uh, so I guess we went up, we went out with, uh, in with a bang because we just said, let's go for it. Let's figure it out. And from there, it's been an amazing journey of learning. Uh, you know, having a year behind us is a big advantage. We're not just getting started. We've been able to experiment for 365 days now, whether it's been these larger temple initiatives where we have done big, you know, integrated campaigns uh, all the way through to our daily content or like the, the piece of content I mentioned earlier that had a million views where we created a puzzle lens that people could get in on. So, you know, the team is just constantly raising the bar and getting smarter about the type of, of content we create there. Lid flips, uh, Chipotle rewards, random acts of kindness on, on Venmo. I mean, the, the, the celebratory nature of, of the brand is, is, is definitely in, infectious, uh, Tressie. I'm curious, you know, in all those platforms and those channels from, you know, the, the kind of the mundane, if you will, of, of the Twitters and, and the Facebooks where responding and engaging from either a branding or a customer service standpoint is easy and, and can be done with, you know, certain customer service tools to the TikToks of the world where things are a little more complex. I'm curious how your team handles the workflow where you do have customers that have a question or a concern and, and kind of what's that workflow look like to get your great team there at Chipotle of customer service folks involved in social. Yeah, we're definitely connected to the customer service team. 
So we have dedicated um, people thinking about how we respond in social, and then we're working together to help them understand the brand and our tone and our approach on owned, which, you know, we're, we're pretty funny on Instagram as an example. Um, and we know when to have that same tone on a comment and when we need to just be serious and, and make sure that we're serving a guest in the right way. So it's a collaboration with those teams. Um, likewise, the customer service team might see, you know, an awesome tweet from an influencer and pass it over to our team to respond to. So it's a very fluid process. You know, we, we do have a process, but I think everybody is, is highly collaborative. That has to be critical to any organization who wants to do social well. As it relates to kind of measurement of, of those types of things, the, I mean, number of calls coming in or, or interactions in social, uh, responses out, engagement out, curious kind of how your team and the customer service team are, are looking at making sure you're using kind of the same metrics. And then, you know, one step out of that, I'm sure you have marketing metrics uh, that you're using that have to kind of coincide with, with what the rest of the marketing and communications organization are using. Sounds like a whole heck of a lot of analytics. Yeah, analytics is such a powerful thing. Um, and we're looking across you know, the entire landscape. So we do have a marketing analytics team. We have someone there who's looking at all of the social insights, um, reporting on social listening, whether it's a broad you know, study on the brand or going deep on a particular topic. So we're, we're very much connected there and using that information to help drive decisions, drive the campaign. TikTok. Probably you said your probably fastest growing platform. Um, Instagram, Instagram Live. You mentioned doing a couple things there. What what things are you doing on on Instagram that you're you're proud of? I am so proud of Instagram in general. I mean, it's funny because everybody talks about TikTok. I think we're an early leader there, but sometimes I love to just look at our grid. Uh, and see how it's evolved over the last few years. I mean, we made a decision early on to throw out that perfect Instagram aesthetic and really tie to our brand, which is about being real. And we started to just create content that played back things people were already saying about the brand. So tapping into insights of social conversation and helping give those a platform. And, you know, we, we've definitely have a lot of the meme culture living within our page, but I loved watching that engagement go through the roof, right? You get to see before all of the pictures lined up perfectly in the grid and all the color palettes were great and it's very pretty, you know, but it wasn't making you relate. It didn't make you want to, to double tap on the post. And it's been cool to see the brand come to life there. And I think that's really where the team got in their rhythm um, and it's still a very important platform for us today. In fact, um, tomorrow night, we'll be doing a prom after party with David Dobrik. He's, he's posting, hosting an after party. We're sponsors of Team Vogue Prom. And we created a totally separate account for that so that people could join and get to spend time directly with David. And he's giving away a $25,000 scholarship um, at the end of it. So you know, we already have on that particular page, which, by the way, I think we launched it, I want to say a little over a week ago, we have 87,000 followers. Wow. Uh, so that's definitely shows the power of David. Uh, plus, you know, the, our brand coming together with him to create a moment. And, you know, another thing we did there was work with Elf Cosmetics on these kind of exclusive burrito inspired makeup kits. 
uh, that could help people get ready for that prom look. So again, bringing in an influential brand uh, to help really engage that community and give them special content. Um, so that will be an example of how we use Instagram live tomorrow. Uh, we used it last week with our amazing chef, chef Chad showing people how to make guacamole at home. Obviously people have turned spending time at home and really into cooking. And we wanted to show them our real ingredients through that experience. And then as uh, part of Chipotle together, we went live quite frequently with different artists and influencers. So it's a very important channel to us. It's getting overshadowed by TikTok, but I love it. You have a lot of deals, right? So you've got deals with David. You've got all these new people you're going to sponsor. You've got uh, deals with Elf and and lots of other sort of joint ventures. What is your relationship like with legal? Do you have embedded legal counsel in the digital and off-prem team? Or how do you sort of get through the corporate drama of putting together contracts and, and deal points? I'm so glad you asked that question because I should have mentioned that earlier. They are part of our team for sure. Uh, I feel like another key to success in social is having the right legal partner. And our legal team is not starting from a place of no. They're starting from a place of how can we figure this out? Highly collaborative um, in-house, but also working with external partners to you know, shape all the pieces of, of the wacky programs we're pulling off. I mean, we just laugh going to legal, like, well, here we go again. We're always trying something new and, you know, maybe it hasn't been done before. Um, and they're instrumental in getting work out into the world and fast because we're moving at lightning speed. And I imagine over time it gets a little bit easier because maybe you haven't done that exact same thing in the past. We did a thing that's within shouting distance of that. And so you sort of know what to look for. Just like TikTok gets incrementally easier because you just have that many more attempts. Yeah, exactly. I mean, once you get the hang of it, it gets easier. But then we always come up with another idea that... <laughs> They're like, this violates the Constitution. Yeah, it feels like we're always starting over in some ways because, you know, it's one of the things we're trying to do. We often ask ourselves, okay, is that too similar to something we've done before? Let's try a new way in. I think in part, you know, because we, we want to lead, but we want to learn. And if you're just doing the same thing over and over again, it's hard to get different insights. Some people who are members of the Social Pros community may know this already, but others definitely won't, that at one point in your career, before you came to Chipotle, you were uh, the head of social for Taco Bell. So you seem to have a Mexican food vertical working. I, I presume that your your next job will be at, uh, I don't know, Moe's or, uh, you know, Qdoba or something like that. You got, a, you got it locked up. Um, Jose Cuervo, maybe. <laughs> what? obviously things have changed just like we talked about right joe was on this show in 2012 episode 21 clearly lots of technology has changed use cases have changed but characterize the difference in in the brand and sort of the use of social if you will and and kind of how you think about what you did there versus what you're doing now i mean i started working in food with social at pizza hut so back when i was at pizza hut long time ago social media did not exist and all of a sudden, Facebook was opened up beyond college campuses, and we had to figure out this new thing. And it was a pivotal moment in my career and probably the time where I realized I love doing this because marketing moved from one-way communication of talking at people to being able to have a real relationship. And 
it opened my eyes in such a big way. I mean, one, the access to understand your customer, to know their needs, to listen and not have to go sit in a focus group to listen, but to have this live focus group at your fingertips where you could just start searching hashtags. I mean, even without all the the fancy tools um, that were coming out at the time, just being able to search and understand what people are saying. Um, And that's when just started, you know, kind of building some of the principles that I've applied to every brand that I've worked at, whether it was Taco Bell or Snap Kitchen or now Chipotle. Um, You know, for me, it starts with a really deep understanding of the brand, a really deep understanding of who your customer is. And then thinking like a human about how you bring that brand to life. So the consistent piece has been, let's stop talking at people and start stop advertising to people. And let's just create a friendly relationship. You know, if we want to at a party together and you're going to hang out with Chipotle, who are we? Who is our circle of friends? You know, what do we say? What's our vibe? It's, it's really doing that with the brands and then doing in a way that ties to culture that ties to what your customer cares about and having them amplify incredible stories about your brand. So, you know, the, the fundamentals to me have not changed. We have different tools, we have different platforms, you know, there's different opportunities to, to tell stories in new ways, but the fundamentals are the same regardless of the brand. Uh, Let me ask you a question and see if you agree with this. Um, for certain brands, and I think Chipotle will be one of them, we have come so far in social that whereas in the past, social media was a reflection of the brand, now in some ways, social media is shaping the brand. Do you think that's accurate or or an overstatement? No, I think that's totally spot on. You know, if I think about a brand, I mean, I may never actually visit the restaurant, right? Like I'm sure some of our best customers are getting delivery from Chipotle that may not have stepped foot in a Chipotle. So the way they're experiencing the brand could be through what they're hearing from a friend, what they're seeing on social, whether it's our pages or somebody else talking about us, what they're seeing in our app and our website. So I think about that a lot. You know, we're driving that brand experience through digital in a really big way. And we take it really seriously. You know, I, I think our content is fun and light and clever, but we take our food really seriously. We're extremely passionate about what we do. And we know that we have the power to tell stories in a really interesting way. I mean, to get a million views on a piece of content in 24 hours, I wouldn't have believed that. Um, you know, that would have been back in the day, that would have been a big viral hit you know, like, oh, it went viral. And that's happening all the time now with, with new channels like TikTok. So it's really powerful. And I think, you know, it's it can't just be an add-on or, oh, we've created the campaign. Now what are we going to post in social media? I think those days are hopefully behind us, though. You know, I'm still surprised when I see brands doing that. Well said. We're going to ask you the two questions we've asked everybody here on the show all the way back to 2012. Again, all the shows, show notes, recordings, transcripts available at socialpros.com. Actually, I have a third question for you. First one, what's your order? What is your go-to uh, Chipotle order? So currently, I am doing the vegan bowl really into sofritas. I love our sofritas and think people should should have that more. Growing up on Chipotle, which, I mean, I... 
heavy and chipotle forever and i love the brand i always got a steak bowl white rice black beans mel salsa cheese lettuce sour cream uh, but i i change up my order quite a bit because <laughs> i eat chipotle <laughs> You get, get a little, get a little tired of it. I, I do the same. I, I change. I go. I go for like three. It's a like quarterly. I go for like three months, and then and then I switch it. Oh no! I have the same thing. Yeah, forever. Forever. So, forever. Salad bowl, chicken, a little bit of rice, a lot of black beans, uh, all the three of the sauces, including the corn, a little bit of guac, a little bit of cheese. Uh, give me double on the dressing. I love that. We're actually doing a campaign right now on complete customization in the app because a lot of people don't realize they can have the same level of, of customization in the app as they do the restaurant. And so many people get that very specific order, right? Where you get light or extra or on the side and, or we're bringing that to life through some interesting stories right now, um, talking about how to, to hack the menu in the app. Yeah. That, that's where we need the, the Starbucks collab with the super specific order. You guys are in the same boat in that regard oh. for sure. Or the in and out with the off menu menu. Yes, <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Trusty, okay, the, the actual questions. Uh, first one, what one tip would you give somebody looking to become a social pro? I would say to just be insanely curious. That's certainly something that I look for in our team because, you know, by the time something becomes a mass trend, you it's done, right? Like it's too late to be talking about it. I think it's kind of funny to see um, – ideas emerge from brands because you'll kind of see everybody doing the same thing at the same time. Everybody has access to the same information. You're working on the idea. You're moving as quickly as you can. And voila, all the the ideas come to life and, and they can be pretty similar. So when you're curious and you're looking for those little nuggets and those little trends before they become massive, it can be really powerful. And um, I love people who can see that and connect the dots. I also think, you know, regardless of what stage you're at in your career, you cannot stop being curious. I mean, it'd be very easy for me to say, oh, TikTok. Okay. Yeah. Can you guys um, look into TikTok and let me know what you think? Um, Or it could be easy to say, I don't know. Well, people ever use TikTok? I mean, I don't know if that's ever going to be a thing. But, you know, I personally make sure I'm on there. I'm digging in. I'm understanding it. Um, Thinking about ways that the brand could tap into it. Um, you've got to have that curiosity. If you don't, I don't think it'd be a very fun field for you. Completely agree with that sentiment for sure. Thank you for articulating that so well. Last question, Tracy Lieberman, who's VP Digital Marketing Off-Prem for Chipotle. If you could do a video call with any living person, who would it be? You've got all these cool celeb friends, people who have uh, the official celeb card. You've got a lot of collabs that you've done. Anybody you're like, man, I really want to do a Zoom call with that person. The very first person who came to mind that's going to show what a business nerd I am was Angela Ahrens. I think she came to mind because I was listening to her on a podcast this morning, but Um, I always followed her career, uh, especially when she was CEO at Burberry and really used digital to transform that business. Um, And I think she's a really purpose-driven, value-led leader and a a very inspiring woman. So I think I would pick her brain. There you go. Spoken like a true fan of business case studies as Tressie is. Thank you so much for being here. Enjoy the Sofritas. 
Thank you also for doing the show with uh, with your young son uh, just out outside the room. I think everybody is uh, is happy, healthy, and wise. We appreciate you taking the time. Thank you for having me. Take care. You bet, friends. That was Tressie Lieberman from Chipotle. What a great conversation, Adam. You like that one, huh? I do. I do. Uh, great insight there. And it's, it's all about what we always talk about, Jay. It's about authenticity. It's about trying new things. It's about sometimes failing forward and, uh, and, and celebrating your success. You bet. On behalf of Adam and his team at Salesforce, I am Jay Bear from Convince and Convert. Don't forget, as I mentioned, every single episode available at socialpros.com. We'll be back next week with another exciting guest on what hopefully is your favorite podcast in the entire world. This has been Social Pros. Social Pros.